Let's just uh, let's go to the Lord right now on behalf of our brothers and sisters fighting a good fight of faith. We've got different people fighting against cancer, different things, people going against different situations and not just physical. But let's just lift them up as we start our services and uh, just honoring the rest of our family. Father, we thank you for today, and this is the day you've made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in it. We're glad to be here today, Lord. We're thankful for the freedom and liberty to be able to come to this physical place and worship you and honor you, see our brothers and sisters, encourage each other, pray for each other, and hear a word of encouragement, a word of inspiration, a word from your word, even that brings love and correction. So, Father, we thank you today, and we lift up all those battling in the good fight of faith. We thank you for hope and encouragement and strength for them. Some are sitting here right today dealing with the issues in the middle of being here. Some are not able to be here. We just declare all that call this a home. We speak encouragement. We speak faith, hope, and love this Christmas season. And Father, we thank you that we and others will do their part of just reaching out and loving on them and ministering to them and encouraging them in any capacity that we can. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. If you turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 14 with me today, we're going to talk about having a kingdom Christmas. A kingdom Christmas versus just a regular Christmas. Christmas is a tremendous time of opportunity to love on people, to be reminded of our, our Lord and Savior came in the form of a baby and went through so many things, completed so many things of purpose and fulfillment of prophecy. And we're here celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ and we go back to that manger scene, we go back to that buried manger, we go back to that, that buried stable at the end of that uh, motel, that inn, and uh, we move from there. But today I just want us to focus on Christmas and approach Christmas maybe a, a little bit different and um, less stress, less pressure, less comparison, and just enjoy the finest things of Christmas we can today and look at it from a kingdom perspective. Uh, if you're a believer here today, you love the Lord Jesus, you're born again, you're on your way to heaven. If you're not, we'll help you take care of that just in a little bit. How many can honestly say today the greatest thing you and I can ever do is be a Christian, Amen. be a believer? And live as a light in this earth and, and uh, live as someone representing the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to look at it today from a kingdom perspective. Now, the minute Jesus came into the earth as a baby, the kingdom of God was there and revealed. But it never was loosed until Jesus stepped into a place of his ministry when he was baptized by his cousin John. Uh, John said, behold the Lamb of God. Some translations he said, behold the kingdom of God is here. So the kingdom of God is here today through the life and um, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and through the word. We now have an opportunity to live as kingdom sons and daughters of God. So look at your neighbor and just say, I'm a kingdom kid. Everybody do that. Because... Now, you can be born again on your way to heaven, even filled with the Holy Spirit, and not understand the principles of the kingdom and live outside the principles of the kingdom. And God is graciously helping us understand there are things in the kingdom that you and I are able to live out and through. Uh, we're going to do series next year, and we're going to call it the cart. 
Uh, I saw a pastor do some form of it once. I began to pray about it. But basically, one day we're all going to check out of this thing as believers. I'm talking about as Christians. We're going to check out. And it's just like the grocery store. How many's ever went grocery shopping when you were hungry and that was not a good thing to do? How many's ever had stuff in your cart you shouldn't have had in your cart? And I'm miserable got to the checkout line. You go, you know, I like to set that aside, but everybody's watching me. I better go on and pay for that. And we're going to talk about getting to the end of our life and what's in our cart. We're going to have to check it out. That's not going to affect our eternal stay in the kingdom of God. We're going to be born again and go to heaven, but I'm talking about the, the judgment seat of Christ dealing with our works and our deeds. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about dealing with our cart before we get to the end. But today I want to talk about, just in our time in the Word, about this kingdom principle. If you turn to Romans chapter 14, verse 17, let's look at what God says the kingdom of God is. I hope you have the best Christmas you've ever had. I hope that you enjoy your Christmas and your family and friends. I hope that, in a way, you and I treat this like it's the last Christmas we'll ever have on this earth. I'm not saying that det detrimentally or or bringing an overcast to you. I'm talking about doing what we need to do according to priority. So many times in life we miss, I think, we, we miss hearing the little things. How many's ever heard uh, this saying, uh, the devil's in the details? And how many knows, according to the word of God, there's great simplicity, and there's just simple details. Simple details that God wants us to understand. There's a great difference between religion and a relationship with Jesus. There's, there's a great difference between being married and have a godly marriage. There's a great difference in just having enough health to get by and have godly health. I mean, amen. So we're going to be looking at what the kingdom of God portrays here. And we're going to be looking at the power of understanding who we are in Christ. So it says in chapter 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not... Eating and drinking, we would call that physical stuff, fleshly stuff, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Amplified says this, after all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink we like, but instead it's the righteousness, the state of which makes a person acceptable to God, that's through the blood of Jesus. It's not what we can do that become acceptable to God, it's what God has done for us and us accepting that. And it says also the heart and the peace and the joy of the Holy Spirit. So righteousness, who we are in Christ, knowing what belongs to us, knowing what is ours through what Jesus has done, which produces a peace that passes all understanding. How many know Jesus is the Prince of Peace? Amen. And he, he wants that peace released every morning. How many here have had something this week that's tried to steal your peace, tried to knock you sideways, tried to just mess you up, a word, a thought? Somebody texted you, somebody called you, or somebody tried to remind you of your, your shortcomings or your failures. And it's so important that we listen to the simple details of what the Word says about the righteousness, the right standing, who we are in Christ, who we are in God through Christ Jesus, through His righteousness we've been made whole. God's not going to love you on your performance. He simply loved you because of what Jesus did for you. He's not judging your performance even though we will produce things of righteousness in the kingdom of God, it's very important we listen clearly to the details of the word, the understanding not only who we are and what we have, but understanding that it produces peace. It produces peace and a joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. It's our strength. 
the joy of the Lord. Not the joy of how much money we make. Not the joy of what we wear or drive. Not the joy of our position in this earth. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Because those other things are going to be dealt with and attacked and come and go. Again, I want to talk about listening keenly and hearing and discerning what God is saying to us. And in many times, God speaks in a still, small voice. And if we're not settled down and listening and opening up our hearts to hear, we don't necessarily hear the simple things. First of all, God loves you just where you and I are. He'll never love you anymore. Now, he might not be happy with some of our actions. How many say amen? But he loves you. How many's ever been a little bit disgruntled with your children and their actions? How many ever had your parents disgruntled with you and your actions? But it didn't change the love factor. Matter of fact, the Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not even death. Not even failure can separate us from the love of God. So I heard a story. I want to share the story with you about hearing, hearing correctly and listening. There was a man named Morris, and Morris was in his 80s, and he was an older fellow, and he was widowed. And Morris went to his family physician, and he was a younger guy, and he wanted to find out where he was physically. He went for an annual checkup. He wanted to see what he needed to do to make adjustments. And um, he went to his family physician. Family physician checked him out, run a few tests. He said, he said a couple things. He, he narrowed it down to a couple simple things. And he told Morris, this is, what's, this is what's going on. This is what you need to do. Now, Morris is 80-some years old. He's a widow. And he lives in a small town, along with the doctor. So just a few weeks after that, the doctor's going down one side of Main Street walking. And Morris is going down the other side of Main Street walking. Except Morris wasn't by himself. Morris had a very young, very good-looking young woman at his arm. Very attractive and much younger than him. And the doctor looked at Morris, and he never said nothing across the street. And Morris just looked at him and waved, and he thought, this is a little strange. I mean, say amen. And not judging anything or anyone on looks or how many knows God looks at the heart. Praise God. I mean, so thankful we're not judged on how we look but looked at the heart, but the world judges on how people look, sad to say, what we wear, what we drive. But we don't do that as believers. And I'm still working with Jimmy on not caring about scoring enough points, but we'll work with that later. Amen. I believe in having fun, but I believe in winning. How many say amen? And I don't only want to win, I want to ram it down. But anyway, that's God's working with me. So a month later, he goes back for his recheck up to get back with the doctor. Now, we're talking about hearing clearly. We're talking about hearing what God's Word says and not letting people label us. Label us with our past mistakes, with our failures, with their wishes on our life. I'm telling you, if you let people label you, if I let people label me, if we don't know who we are in Christ, all we'll do is switch labels all of our life to please people. Well, anyway, he went in. The doctor talked to him about different things, and, and uh, he uh, talked about some current readings on the test, and he finally got down to the issue. He saw him with this, this lot younger lady, attractive lady, on this old 80-some-year-old widow's uh, arm. And he said, uh, Morris, he said, I saw you a few weeks ago walking down the street. He said, I saw you too, Doc. And he said, uh, Morris, um, it's really none of my business, but I just didn't quite understand what you were doing. And Morris looked at him, and he said, I'm just doing what you told me to do. And he said, uh, I don't know how that affected me telling you what to do. 
I told you he's 80 some years old. Here's some adjustments you need to make in your health. And, uh, you know, we want you to live long. And uh, he said, uh, I just don't quite understand more. So we're talking about hearing clearly. And Jimmy, I love you. I want you to be happy with him, but I just anyway. He said, uh, I just did what you said do, Doc. And the doctor said, uh, I, I, I never told you anything to do with, you know, having a relationship with a younger woman. He said, you told me to go and find a hot mama. And the doctor said, no, Morris, I told you you had a heart murmur. <laughs> and that's how we mess stuff up sometimes. <laughs> By hearing stuff, we think it's true and not understanding the origin of where truth comes from. How many say amen? amen? And the truth is we're all born with a heart murmur spiritually. We're all born broken and bruised. And without Jesus, we can't have a life that he's desired for us to have. How many can agree with that? Look what it says with me. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, some of you can't get past the heart murmur, but stay with me. Let's go. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Look what it says. And here's what, here's what Paul is teaching the Corinthian church and us too. He said, but as it is written, I has not seen nor has ear heard nor is entered into the heart of man. Three things here. You've never seen it, you've never heard it, and you've never dreamed it. I'm telling you, that's three huge capacities. See, I'm standing here today. I'm not, I do not have a bag over my head. I will confess to you again, I'm still a Bengals fan. I'm frustrated. And they probably, if they don't cover the backside, if they don't take care of linebacker play, and, and the deep safety say, most of you don't care, they're going to get beat by the Oakland Raiders, which would be embarrassing. But I'm going to stay committed to them because my heart's with them, and I believe one day they'll turn it around. The Browns have turned it around. But anyway, that's another whole story. Everybody say, bless, bless pastor, amen. Amen. All right. So, your eye has not seen, nor have you heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So we've never even entered into all what God has for us on this earth, what he has for your desires, your purpose and your place, and your satisfactions and graces. So we get to see, and we get to hear, and we get to dream again. Turn to Isaiah 45 with me. I want to show you how do these things come by. Turn to Isaiah 45 and hold your finger there. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has planned for those who love him. Listen to the Amplified. On the contrary, the scripture says, what eye has not seen, nor ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man, all that God has made and keeps ready. It's on hold. It's on hold. Don't let anybody tell you you're too old, you're too young, you're too messed up. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't be redeemed and what God has for your life. And everything he's put on hold and has prepared, keeps and makes ready for those who love him, who hold him in affection affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Wow. So how do these come? Verse 10 says, God has revealed them to us by his spirit. How many knows the Holy Spirit wants to reveal things to us? He's our teacher. He's our counselor. He's our guide. I'm telling you, he's our protector. And he says, for the spirit searches the deep things. Yes, the deep things of God. Now go to Isaiah with me, chapter 45. Look what it says. 
Isaiah 45, verse 3. And look what, what the word of God says. Isaiah 43. And God is talking. He has anointed Cyrus. I'm just going to throw this out there, not to be political. You all can judge it for yourself and pray. But I believe, right, wrong, and indifferent, and I believe amongst his failures and successes, I believe that God orchestrated for this president to be in office. He's our 45th president. This is chapter 45, and it talks about a man named Cyrus that come from without to uh, straighten up Judah and, and Israel. And he come from without. Then, then how many agrees our president's not, he can't spell politics? How many can agree he needs sometimes to put a guard over his mouth? How many sometimes need to get to him and say, stop tweeting at 3 in the morning? Let's just be honest. But is it possible God could use an outsider to help straighten up our nation? Is that possible? Anyway, look what it says in verse 3. This is about Cyrus, God's instrument. It says, I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches in secret places. I want to tell you, there's things stored up for me and you that's hidden right now. They're hidden right now. But God is going to bring them to pass in our life if we will believe and if we'll dream and if we'll line up our thoughts, line up our talks, and line up our walks. Thoughts, talks, and walks. I'll say it like Charles Capp said it. A great Bible teacher from England, Arkansas. Old cotton farmer, rice farmer, and uh, peanut farmer. He said this, don't go call the dog if you want the cat. If you want health, don't talk about your sickness all the time. Talk about the healing of God. If you want prosperity, talk about the blessing and the wholeness of God. Don't talk about the failures and short. How many say amen? If you want your husband or wife to line up according to the word of God, start saying that over them and start speaking what God says. And he says, I'll give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who you call, I, the Lord, who call you by your name and the God of Israel. So what's God calling you this morning? He's calling you blessed. He's calling you sanctified. He's calling you set aside. He's calling you anointed. He's calling you appointed. He's calling you purposed. He's calling you graced. That's what God is calling us today because Jesus, the difference between a regular Christmas and, and a, a Christmas of the kingdom is the Christmas of the kingdom is based on spiritual truth. It's based on who we are in Christ. The joy of the Lord. What we have in Christ, the abundance of God. And Jesus said, I've come and you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. And how many knows that's true? How many wants and wants to live in the abundance of God and be able to share that with others? Amen. I'd like to close this morning talking about a fishing trip. If you turn to Luke chapter 5, we're talking about kingdom principles that apply to our lives. Now, you might not be a fisherman, but you have something you do. So you can kind of just put what you do into this story about... Um, the fishing of, of these guys, the, the disciples. So here's the deal. These guys, uh, they're fishing. They've been called as disciples unto Jesus. And he's talking to them about changing the way they fish. I want to speak to you and me today about changing the way we fish. We do life. I'm talking about doing life from a kingdom perspective. If you belong to a kingdom and you serve a king and a king is in oversight of you, how many knows there's, there's attributes and blessings that come through being a kingdom person? How many is a citizen here of the United States? How many knows we can, Brooke and I had the pleasure of driving to Bowling Green last night, yesterday afternoon, and I had the pleasure of driving all the way to Florence, so I've been from one end of the state to the other. 
But nobody stopped me at any county line. I waved at every sign. Nobody stopped me. I didn't have to go through, check everything, because I'm a citizen of the United States, and I have the right to go to all 50 states if I can get to Hawaii and Alaska, because I'm a citizen. You're a citizen of heaven. Amen. We're living in this earth as ambassadors, and we're just passing through. Amen. And we've got to make sure what's in our cart is the right things in our cart so we don't get stopped at the checkout line checking on stuff we don't want to check on. And we'll work on that. But you're a spirit being. And what you and I leave here is a legacy and tracks and grace that people can follow our tracks to Christ. Not perfect, but legible. Amen. And here's the story of Luke. And, and um, um, let's look at what it says. Well, let's start in verse 1. It says, So it was the, multi the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God as he stood by the lake. And uh, he saw two boats standing by the lake, and the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. They'd fished all night. They're, they're, they're washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Simon Peter's, and he asked him to put a little out from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitude some of the boat. When they stopped speaking, he said to, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, I won't stop here just a second. Either we approach life and Christmas from the natural or we approach life and Christmas from the spiritual or kingdom. Jesus was raised naturally in the house of a what? Carpenter. He worked with hands, his wood. He did all those things. He, he don't have a clue about fishing naturally. So he is telling them Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we've worked all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. So here's what Peter had to do. I can either look at Jesus as somebody in the natural who never had a fishing background, who doesn't have a clue, or I can look at him as the son of God. So I get this all the time. It is a joy. It is a privilege. It is an honor for Brooke and I, the pastor in our hometown, my hometown. It is just to see people grow and see people's lives change and see people delivered. And, and in that, there'll be birthing, there'll be burying, there'll be marrying, there'll be trouble times, there'll be good times. It's just, you know, the pastoral gifting is a great thing. But the struggle is in a hometown is sometimes people don't let you take off your natural hat. And sometimes people struggle with pulling on the pastoral gift on someone they're very familiar with. It's been tough on my mother, my father, my sister, my brother, my in-laws. My it's, it's been tough because they know all the extra stuff about Pastor Pat, things growing up, even things now. The hardest is my wife. She lives with her, her pastor, and I'm her, I'm her husband, and sometimes I'm not sure she would have either one of them she could choose because I'm, I make a lot of mistakes. But I've watched her put on the hat, and she'll actually say this. I need my pastor now. So that separates me from the natural over to the spiritual. i got to operate out of the kingdom. Because a lot of times, too much, I operate out of the natural to her when she needs spiritual uh, love and encouragement and inspiration and whatever. Same thing with my family. And I've seen people here. Man, I've been, I've been walking down at Kroger's. I've been doing this 30-some years. I've been walking down at Kroger's, and on the other side of the aisle, I'll hear people saying things about me from the natural point of view. And you know what? They're true. Certain things, yeah. But you get to a point and 
Do you want Jesus, the Son of God, telling you how to fish? Or do you want Jesus, a retired carpenter, telling you how to fish? So Peter made a wise decision. And he said the key word, he said, Pastor, Master, Leader, Rabbi. Now I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. Don't anybody go out and say, well, Pastor Pat's blown his mind. He thinks he's the second coming. No, Jesus is a lot slimmer and taller. Amen. No. No holes in my hand. Here's the point. We're going to have a choice to choose to lean into the spiritual or lean back into the natural all the time. In the natural, there's shortages and pains and troubles. But in the spirit, God's answered all these things. In the natural, requires no faith. You just get along and you just strive and you just make the best you can do. In the spirit, eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor is entered into the heart. The things God has hidden for us. Amen. To finish out this thing on this earth. Well, Peter made the right decision, so they went and they launched and they put out into the deep. And normally they didn't fish in the deep because they fished in the shallow. And they launched out into the deep. And when they'd done this, when they'd chosen the spiritual, when they'd chosen the kingdom, and when, when they'd done this, a great number of fish, see the kingdom of God is about abundance and blessing, a great number of fish, they caught and their net was breaking, so they signaled to their partners, guys, we need partners in life. We need help in life. We need people we can call on. We need people that can encourage us. They can love us. They can analyze us. They called on their partners to come and help, and they came and filled both boats. Everybody say both boats. Both boats. So they began to sink. Listen, it's very important who's partnering with you, and it's very important who you partner with because it's going to determine... The number of fish in your boat. It's very important. The people that you are connected with in the physical and in the kingdom because God is showing us an example here that kingdom principles will bring. And look what happened. The boats were so filled, they began to sink. They went from nothing to abundance and it so stirred Simon Peter. He fell down at Jesus' knees and he said, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch they'd taken that day. So were also James and John, the sons of Zebedee. So were the partners with Simon, partners in the fishing business. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch men. Because they believed in the kingdom principle. Because they believed in what God said. Stretching their faith. Declaring what didn't look like could happen. Because they did that. They ended their fishing business to that point then in the natural and began to fish in the spiritual. And I, I want to I I say this and close with this. God loves us all. I want to encourage you today, no matter where you're at in life, God loves you right now. He's, he doesn't love you according to your performance. He doesn't love you according to all, all the things that's happened in your life. He, he loves you because he had a plan of redemption and he said his son Jesus to die for me and you. Say this with me. It's not over. It's, not over. it's just beginning. How I many this year can honestly say 2018 was a good year? Man, I had some great things happen. How I many can, I mean can say, I'll be glad this thing's over like starting 19. Amen. But I'm telling you, God's in your past, God's in your future, and God's in your now. But let's call on the things of God. Let's declare what God says about us. Let's live in the realm of hope. Let's live in what God says is, is ours and available to us. And let's bring hope to the least of those who need hope. And let's, let's move in God's grace and God's hope. 
And some of you have heard this before, and some of you hadn't. Some of you are new, but I just want to tell you. This happened to me more than once about, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking people just to, I'm asking you to pull on the gift on the inside of me. And it's more than just calling me pastor, so don't get caught up in that. But it's more than that. But when you, when you declare something, something's released. Let me say that to you. And again, the toughest people is the people I've grown up with. And, and there's a time in the natural because, like, like I say, Brooke, Brooke has done that many times. Um, Logan, who's on, been with the Lord, he used to call me and say, he would start off, he would say, Bub, because he called me Bub, B-U-B. And he said, I don't need Bub this morning, I need my pastor. Can you put on that hat? I said, sure, sure. And, and you know, it's easy for me, too. I'm going to end this with a story I've said before. It drives home a point. Um, how many here used to go to Dr. Oliver, L.E. Oliver? He was an old family doctor here, doctored here forever, back in the late 50s, middle 50s, up until he, uh, well, he retired and, and uh, lived a few years and passed. Well, Dr. Oliver delivered myself, my sister, uh, my brother. He, he delivered just about everybody in and my family on, on one side. Um, anyway, I was home between the years of Bible school, first and second year. I came home for summer to farm. And I had something going on. I don't know. must have been a cold or something. I think I just wanted to see him. I, I, I went down there, and uh, I, I went in to see him. And I told him uh, this, this and that. And I was kind of full of myself. Anybody here ever been full of yourself? Let me say about being full of yourself. That's not, a, that's not kingdom principle when we're full of ourselves. How many of us have got to deal with pride every day? How many knows you got, uh, you know, Paul said I must learn to crucify myself daily. I got knocked pride in the head because pride, pride rises up and there's a fall. So anyway, I just full of myself and sat in there and he come in and he had a full house in there and he was kind of tired. And I just sat there in that little chair and he sat down on his little wheeling chair, little round chair with wheels on it. And uh, he, he said, well, how you doing? And I said, you know what, Larry? I said, Larry. His name was Lawrence. I said, Larry, I'm not feeling well. He paused. I'll never forget that was one of the longest pauses in my life. And he looked at me and, and, and uh, walked in a tremendous amount of humility. You can ask him about older dealt with it. But boy, if he believed in something, golly, was he staunch. Let me say amen. I went in there once years prior, and uh, he hadn't seen me a long time, and we'd been there 30 minutes, and I said, uh, Doc, the, the waiting room's full. He said, uh, why are you telling me that? I said, because give me what I need. The waiting room's full. He said, half of them are on placebos. Don't worry about it. I want to talk to you. <laughs> anyway, he's passed on, so he can't correct me on that. But anyway, and he looked at me, and he said, well, Pat, do you want Larry or do you want Dr. Oliver? Because Larry can't help you. I said, well, I'm pretty sick, I think. I need Dr. Oliver. He said, okay, I'll see if I can find him. Hello, Pat. <laughs> we in America need to restore some level of respect, not out of religion, but respect out of relationship with each other, with each other in positions we all hold in life as a husband, wife, mother. So I don't know why I said all that, but I got excited on the heart murmur. So anyway, I believe we're going to have a great Christmas. I believe we're going to have a kingdom principle Christmas. I believe we're going to focus on who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, the joy of the Lord in Christ, and I believe we're going to share that. And I believe whatever we give and we get, time, talent, I believe we're going to do it with a heart of graciousness that it's not going to be compared to how much it costs or what it looked like. 
And there's nothing wrong with good stuff. God's, God's a God of excellence. Don't get me wrong. But it's about his presence and the presence we get. And it's about his love and his eternal grace that we operate in. How many say amen? amen. And I'm declaring and believing we're just going to have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. How many can agree with that? Amen. amen. And uh, where's Gianna? Gianna, I went this whole time and never embarrassed you. Aren't you glad? You almost made it. Come here. Just a minute. Come on, just a minute. I mean, if you look at me, anything that beautiful comes along in life, you know the mother had to carry the load. But Jonathan's home for Christmas, and Brooke and I are thrilled. And I love her, and she's doing good. You sit down. Is that good? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's just thank God. Thank you for Christmas. And Christmas is kind of like a recalibration. Christmas is like we get to readjust and get ready for the new year. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for paying a price for us. And thank you for making it real, making it simple, showing us how. We can live this life and just have a great dependency, a total dependency on you. But Father, just may we be able to hear clearly the small things. May we understand the power of the kingdom we live in and the responsibility of loving people. Lord Jesus, I thank you today that you brought us here to celebrate your goodness. I speak a blessing over every household represented here. I speak favor and grace that you've granted unto us. Lord Jesus, you've given us all these things. And I thank you today on behalf of everyone here. This is going to be a Christmas where we're not going to be pressured and pushed, but we're going to just relax in it and have fun in it and share the goodness of your name in it. Father, I declare that the hidden things be brought forward in this next year. That the hidden treasures, what we've never seen, heard, or dreamed of, come forth. And through faith alone and love in you, we receive them and walk them out. So we can expand this gospel and take it further and further and further. Bless this people. Bless their holidays. Bless their time. Bless their treasures. Bless their life. And the greatest blessing is a relationship with you.